Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short non-fiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. And welcome to February 2022. It's a very hot one in Perth, Western Australia this week. We've been hitting over 40 degrees outside. We're in the peak of summer. Um, so mostly I have been spending it hiding inside in the aircon. <laughs> so this week it's a solo episode from me today. And I'm going to be talking about educational lending rights, ELR, and public lending rights, PLR. And I will also touch on digital lending rights, DLR, just briefly. So I'm hosting this episode as I had approached the lending rights office to see if there was anyone available to come on the podcast to share this information with us authors. But they said, and I quote, as public servants, we are generally not able to be interviewed in the media, which includes participating in podcasts. So you're stuck with me today, I'm afraid, to share the information they kindly provided and hopefully you'll gain a bit more understanding of what these lending rights schemes are all about and whether you're eligible to claim any of this money in your own country. So my writing adventure this last fortnight saw me enter a middle grade manuscript I've had resting for all of 2021. I've put that in for consideration to be one of the winners of the 20 Australian Society of Authors mentorships that are up for grabs. By submitting to the for the mentorship, you can win 20 hours of mentoring with an ASA mentor, participation in Paths to Publishing program, which is designed to help you establish yourself as a small business, and acquire sufficient industry knowledge to navigate your way through the submission and contract process. Free ASA membership for 12 months, or an extension of your membership if you're already a member like I am. Free ticket to literary speed dating. And for four people, uh, four highly commended applicants, they will receive four hours mentoring with an ASA mentor based on the first 10 pages of their manuscript or portfolio and participation in the past publishing program. So yeah, this is, um, it's a great, a great mentorship program. Uh, I've actually got an interview coming up on the podcast with the lovely Jodie Spateri James, who is the professional development and events manager at the Australian Society of Authors. And she's going to be talking on the podcast about these ASA mentorships and how they can benefit author and illustrator careers and not just ASA, but mentorships in general and how they can help you further your hybrid author career. So as you know, I have two nonfiction independently published books, which are in ebook format and they're out there. And I'm in the middle of doing print and audio book editions for them. And then I'll probably start to promote them properly. I want to traditionally publish my children's fiction. 
So this is what makes me a hybrid author, that I independently publish my non-fiction and I am looking for a traditional deal for my children's fiction. So I currently do not have a traditional publishing deal, but I am working on it. As I said, I've got a few manuscripts. I've been at this for many, many years. And uh, yeah, so fingers crossed for me for that. I think I think we find out in, we find out in March. So yeah. Just wanted to say a big thank you to you, the listeners, and to the guests on the podcast. You all make it what it is, which is a great resource for writers. If any or all of the episodes have been useful to you and helped you in your author career some way, you can now pay it forward by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author and shout me a few bucks. And this helps pay for my time in creating the content for the podcast, which we all enjoy. You can easily review and rate the podcast on whichever platform you listen, and that will help me be more discovered in the rankings. So without further ado, let's crack on with the episode. What is PLR and ELR? Public Lending Right, PLR, and Educational Lending Right, ELR, are Australian government programmes that compensate Australian creators and publishers in respect of income lost through free multiple use of their books in public and educational lending libraries. Now, even though I'm quoting from the Australian Society of Authors, and talking about public lending right and educational lending rights in Australia, that's because this is where I'm getting the information from and that's where I reside, doesn't mean anybody else listening in other countries can't consult their local society of authors if they do have one. And also I will be sharing other countries who also have these schemes in place and there's at least 35 countries and there's also a list of countries who are in developing towards these schemes so if I I'm probably going to go through the list and read them out and if you don't hear your country on there this is opportunity for you to get in there and fight for these rights these lending rights because they're just absolutely fantastic so how these schemes operate is through Australian creators and publishers submitting claims for their books to the department so PLR payments to eligible creators and publishers are determined by the number of copies their books estimated to be held in public lending libraries in Australia. So who can claim PLR and ELR for their print books? So eligible creators are authors, editors, illustrators, translators and compilers. Australian citizens, wherever they reside, so you don't have to be living in Australia, to be able to claim these if you're an author and you're living overseas. Non-citizens who normally reside in Australia, eligibility ceases if residency in Australia ceases, and those who receive ongoing royalties from the sale of their book. So eligible publishers are companies whose business consists wholly or substantially of the publication of books and who regularly publish in Australia. Regularly publish is defined as at least once in the preceding three-year period and not-for-profit organisations that publish to further their aims or objectives and self-publishing creators. So how do you determine if your book is eligible? 
So eligible books are books that hold ISBNs, which are international standard book numbers. Books that have been published and offered for sale within five years from the year of publication. Books which have a catalogue record in a national bibliographic database, such as the Australian National Bibliographic Database, or books whose creators are individuals. Companies or organisations are not eligible creators, with no more than five eligible creators. So books who have no more than five people contributors. So how do you apply for PLR and ELR lending rights? So you will need to register as a creator or publisher through Lending Rights Online, LRO. As a new claimant, you must submit at least one title claim when you register. And once your registration and first title claim forms are submitted, you will receive an email confirmation with your unique claimant number. Using this unique claimant number and your nominated password, you'll be able to access LRO. In there, you'll be able to review your records and submit new title claims update your contact and bank details and once you receive your first payment you can view all your payment history and things like that. So how do you get paid through ELR and PLR? So in April 2021 the Minister for Communications, Urban Infrastructure, Cities and the Arts, the Hon Paul Fletcher MP, approved the PLR payment rates for 2020 to 2021. The current rate per copy of each eligible book is $2.19 for creators and $54.75 for publishers. Payments totaled $9.119 million for 20 to 21 were made up to 6,420 claimants, of which 6,218 were creators and 202 were publishers. Now these figures are taken from the Public Lending Right Committee annual report and I highly recommend it. It's a great read and resource for authors and shares the top author earnings in Australia for certain years and it shows how much and how many authors made how many figures. Too much to read, it's very interesting and of course I will share all the links in the show notes to the PLR and ELR registration site, the website of the Lending Rights Office. I will share the annual, the Public Lending Rights Committee annual report and all the other links to any bodies that I talk, I've talked about so far. So PLR and ELR payments are calculated and paid separately. Payments are only made to eligible publishers if an eligible creator is receiving a payment. So if the author of the publisher's book is receiving a payment, then they might be entitled to some payment as well. As far as I know, the author, the traditional author, as we heard from Franella Sachs interview in last episode, you can apply, you register your books for PLR and ELR lending rights. And I would imagine that the publisher does the same for those books as long as that creator has done that also and self-published authors 
obviously go on and do it themselves as well. So if you're eligible, your payment will be based on the estimated number of your books that are in public and in educational schools and universities and TAFEs if they're in one of the lending libraries. Again, like what Frenay Lissac said last time, some libraries are registered and some some aren't, none of us know, because uh, like she said, we'd be in there taking our books out all the time. So the proportion of the royalties you receive for your books and the applicable rates for PLR payments and ELR payments. Basically, how many books are in the libraries is, is how they work out what payments you'll receive. But I've also found out that, so the infra, there's an annual survey conducted and this information from the annual survey comes from all the books that are in the public lending libraries. And you have to have at least 50 copies of your book to be eligible, uh, well, 50 copies of your book in the public lending libraries to be eligible for a payment to be made. So it's across Australia, it's Australia worldwide, it's worldwide, it's Australia wide, and uh, you need to have 50 copies of your books for any kind of ELR or PLR payment to be made. So books in this annual survey, books are surveyed annually for two consecutive financial years following the year of publication. So if following the second year, a book is still held in sufficient numbers in public lending libraries, it will be resurveyed every three years. Books scoring less than 50 copies in the second or for two subsequent surveys are dropped from the survey cycle. So basically the first year if you've got 50 copies in the public lending libraries um, and the educational lending libraries, you will be eligible for the, the, the scheme, the payment. The following year, if your book obviously isn't borrowed that much and it won't, it's not there anymore and uh, you've got less than 50 copies, then it's saying that they will take you out of their survey. So you might have to register again or do some more promotion, I suppose, to get your books into more libraries. So payments are annually once a year. The closing date for title claims is the 31st of March each year. So basically new claimants, they need to go to sorry, and register as a new claimant. Then they lodge the, your title claims, which is you lodge your books. Existing claimants just go to that website, they sign in to their account and again just lodge their, their claims. So the title claims, your books will they'll process them, I guess, for assessment of eligibility. Uh, the, the books are assessed, new books are assigned a book reference number, which is called a BRN, for new claimants, existing claimants, new and previously existing eligible books are sent on the survey. So like we discussed, the payments are calculated through pay amounts are calculated as based on estimated book scores from the public library survey. PLR is calculated using a flat rate per book for each claimant. So you get an annual notification and payment. You'll be notified by post or email in May of each year to advise of your book scores and if a payment is due. So PLR and ELR payments are deposited into the nominated bank account, which is obviously the details you provide, by the 30th of June each year. 
So March 31st is the cutoff. By May, you're going to find out whether you're entitled to a payment. And by June, the end of June, you'll receive that payment. And hopefully it's a big bonus. Now, there are so many questions and answers that are quite common. Again, I will share a link in the show notes to any questions and answers. And if you want to review further these, they're quite good. There's there's so many in those, so I can't kind of go through them all. But I will share that in the show notes. So these schemes are here to help us authors redeem some costs from the books that are sold into the libraries and repeatedly borrowed from readers that potentially take away from us them buying it in the store and then so we don't miss out here and it's a fantastic scheme but one that wasn't always in place plr and elr rights and lending schemes have been fought by bodies like the australian society of authors who fight for authors rights and so you need to look into your country's society of authors and see if there is one and if there isn't one you could start one and start campaigning for your rights as a creator and an author of works so PLR International, so this is for international authors. So public, as we discussed, public lending right is the right of authors and other right holders to receive payment for the free public use of their works in libraries. Their, this body here, PLR International, their aim is to promote international awareness of PLR and inform the PLR community of events and developments and news from around the world. So PLR International brings together those countries with established PLR systems and provides assistance and advice to countries interested in setting up PLR schemes. So if your country at the moment does not have PLR or ELR, go to the plrinternational.com website, which again will be in the show notes, and you can see this information I'm about to share now. So it talks about the schemes, the established schemes by country, and it says what country has schemes like PLR and ELR set up already, how long they've been had that set up, and what they calculated on. So top of the list is Australia, and it says they've been having this, these schemes since 1974, and they calculate it on stock count. Underneath Australia is Austria, 1977, and they calculate on loans per book. Belgium, 1994, loans and number of volumes. And Canada, underneath that, 1983, on titles. Now, I'm not going to go through the entire list because there is about 35 countries here. I will read out the countries. So, as I said, Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Cyprus, Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, Faroe Islands, I hope I'm saying that right, Finland, France, Georgia, Germany, Greenland, Hungary, Iceland, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Latvia, oh goodness, Lichtenstein, <laughs> Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Slovak Republic, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden and United Kingdom. And as we talked about with Frane, who is from the United States, of America. USA does not have any of these rights in place. So if you're listening from there, you should, this is something you guys should all be united on. So they're the established schemes in, in internationally. And there's also a list of in development. So countries who are, don't have systems or schemes in place yet, but they are developing and working towards 
that happening. And these countries are Albania, Andorra, Armenia, Bhutan, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Burkin, Burkina, Comoros, Ethiopia, Greece, Hong Kong, Kazakhstan, Kenya, Kosovo, Malawi, Mauritius, Moldova, Mozambique, North Macedonia, Portugal, Romania, St. Lucia, Samoa, Serbia, Singapore, Switzerland, Turkey, Ukraine, and Zanzibar. So if you have not heard your country on there, you currently do not have any of these schemes and you are not, your country is not in the middle of, doesn't sound like they're going ahead with developing them either. So again, consult your society of authors for your country if you have that there. I'll let you know in a moment how you can go about bringing these into real time. So part of the Public Lending Right Committee in Australia, the annual report, I just wanted to share a couple of quotes that some they had included from some authors because it just shows gratitude for the importance of these schemes. So from George Ivanov, who's an author, never underestimate the importance of this scheme to a writer's livelihood. It goes a long way towards writers being able to actually make a living out of their writing. So a huge thank you to the scheme, to the libraries that have purchased my books, and to all those wonderful readers who borrow books from libraries. The other quote is from Ellie Marnie, author. Some people have asked if I get mad when my books go into libraries, rather than readers buying the book themselves. The answer is a resounding, no, I love it. I get paid when libraries buy my books because of the excellent Australian government program called Public and Educational Lending Rights. So another tip that I will share is in Australia, you have to legally deposit a copy of your book to the National Library of Australia. So I'm not sure what other countries, in your countries, wherever you're listening from, whether this is a requirement for you. So in Australia, it's a requirement to legally deposit under the Copyright Act 1968 to deposit a copy of your book to enable the National Library of Australia to collect Australian publications for more than 100 years. So you, we've got to put it into our state library here at Western Australia. So we have to, you have to check your state libraries and check this Copyright Act and whether you need to legally deposit a copy of your book. This ensures that a comprehensive collection of, of published material relating to Australia and its people is preserved for the community and future generations. Now, I think, I'm not sure if you, I think it is a requirement that you have to have deposited your book into the State Library to be eligible for ELR and PLR lending rights. So if you haven't done that, then I don't think you'll be able to register. Now, I've talked about print books and ELR and PLR, and unfortunately at this stage in our author adventures, only print books are eligible for ELR and PLR lending rights. Digital lending rights, which is DLR, is currently not available for these schemes. Basically, items such as electronic books, ebooks, CDs, audio visual kits, and card packs are not eligible. So audiobooks as well. Now the again the Australian Society of Authors are currently have a campaign going for to promote or try to get digital lending rights. So currently on their website they state the situation Australian books held in public and educational libraries are subject to lending right payments. 
a federal government scheme that provide that makes payments to eligible Australian creators and publishers in recognition of income lost through the free multiple use of their work. The public lending right, PLR, and educational lending right, ELR schemes were established in 1975 and 2000 after successful campaigning by the ASA. However, despite the government's recognition of creators' right to lending right payments, the scheme has so far not been extended to ebooks and audiobooks. Yet library users' loans of ebooks and audiobooks are increasing. And I don't know about how you read, but I am a very busy person and mother and wife and commute to work as well. So I listen to audiobooks religiously. I love them. To hear that there's no digital lending rights, especially in this day and age, is really, really something needs to be done. So go the ASA, they're, they're on it. And uh, so what they say should change. We at the ASA urge the government to expand the eligibility for PLR and ELR payments to include digital formats, ebooks, and audiobooks. So what are the ASA doing? Over the last four years, we have had many constructive meetings with the Office for the Arts, assisting their investigation into the case for digital lending rights. We have surveyed our members, had discussions with the Australian Publishers Association, and communicated with libraries about increased ebook loans. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the case for digital lending rights has never been more compelling. As libraries have been closed, patrons increasingly borrowed in ebook and e-audio format and will possibly continue to do so in the future. We believe the increased investment in digital resources and new borrowing patterns may have a long-term effect on the way patrons interact with libraries. So I know this to be true that a lot of people obviously from COVID-19, they've been in lockdown, they can't go to their local library just to borrow a book out. They've turned to online sales and they've picked up ebooks. and I think I heard something on another podcast that audiobooks might have been down because a lot of people listen to audiobooks through the commute. But certainly that way of, of reading digital digitally was, uh, was increased during that time. So on 20th of April 2020, the ASA wrote to the Minister for the Arts, Paul Fletcher, requesting that expansion of PLR and ELR to digital formats be made a priority now. And the Minister responded in August 2020, committing to monitoring the situation with no timeline for change. In October 2020, we, they called on the government to prioritise digital lending rights in the ASA's submission to the Federal Inquiry into the Creative and Cultural Industries. And in February last year, 2021, at the public hearing for the Federal Inquiry, ASA CEO Olivia Lanchester spoke before the Standing Committee for Communications and the Arts to call for the expansion of PLR and ELR to digital format. You know, the ASA are there and getting in touch with Minister of the Arts and, and in there fighting our cause. And it says uh, in October 2021, the report on the outcome of the federal inquiry into the creative and cultural industries was released by the House of Representatives Standing Committee of Communications and the Arts. The ASA welcomed the recommendation and, you know, report to review the lending rights schemes, but noted that much work on this has already been done and the time for action on modernising the scheme is now. 
Following the, the committee, the committee's recommendations, they've written again to the Minister of the Arts, repeating the request for urgent action on digital lending rights. So they're continually writing and responding and standing up for us. And it says here, in November 2021, campaign ambassadors, author Nick Earls and Marcus Zuzak, called for a much needed expansion on the Australian lending rights schemes to include digital formats in an article published in The Age and it's called It Buys Me Writing Time, Authors Call for Library Ebook Compensation. So I'll share that article in the show notes also. So what can you do? You can share the ASA's digital lending rights campaign uh, through your social networks and help raise awareness like what I'm doing now of this important issue because it's your books at the end of the day in these formats. You could be getting a payment for them and by rights I feel like you should. We definitely should be. So you can also write to your local MP to request the expansion of the lending rights schemes and they actually provide a sample letter on their website which is fantastic. And it also says to join the ASA and help lobby their efforts, uh, you know, supportive members and things. And uh, yeah, just even again, if you don't have one of these societies, you, you can do all these things in your own country and, and change the rules. This is how rules get changed as people stand up and fight for what they believe in. So as I said before with this episode I had contacted the Office of the Arts and being public servants they're not really allowed to come on things like this podcasts but they did I did ask them about why audiobooks and ebooks digital lending rights weren't eligible for PLR and ELR and their response was uh, unlike traditional physical printed books, which are purchased and owned outright by a library and loaned to individuals subsequently at one time, ebooks and audiobooks are acquired by libraries on a license basis. So, a license basis takes consideration to things like reader occurrence, the number of times an ebook or audiobook is loaned, and for how long the terms of the license last. So, it's not, they do say this is. Well, this whole thing about license-based modules, it's another episode, podcast episode in itself, and I think I'll probably delve further into that and expand my understanding. Uh, back to the digital lending rights, it's how authors get paid for their ebooks and audiobooks in libraries depends on their contract terms and their publisher's licensing terms on your publishing terms, or your publishing terms, sorry, if you are the publisher. These schemes are based on holdings, not borrowings. So like the public lending library rights, they borrow the books. Online digital lending rights are based on, you know, the books being kind of held there and uh, licensed out. So the Office for the Arts is continuing to monitor the role of ebooks and audiobooks in libraries, including analysing the impact digital books has on room... <laughs> Remuneration, I think it's supposed to say, remuneration, provided through the lending rights schemes and they engage regularly with key industry groups on this matter. So by the sounds of it from the ASA and from the Office of the Arts, it's being talked about, it's being campaigned about, and I think us as authors should all be helping this cause because it benefits us greatly at the end of the day. That's it for today, folks, on PLR and ELR lending rights. We've talked about what they are, who's eligible, which countries, how you can register, what you effectively need to do, and we've talked about digital lending rights and how we can help that cause. 
So I hope that you've learned something today or, or gotten some helpful tips on how you can register your book for these wonderful schemes. I again highly recommend reading the annual report and just visiting any of the links that I put in the show notes and then you can read up further with the other questions and answers that I've asked or that you may have. Next time on the podcast we have a dynamic duo Dennis Knight and Christy Byrne authors, co-authors of the Wednesday Weeks current trilogy uh, that's middle grade fiction and they're going to be talking about their experience co-writing middle grade fantasy so looking forward to that one. Happy writing and I hope your author adventure is going well. See you next time! That's the end for now authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.